Welcome, Pewter Report readers, listeners, and viewers to another edition of the Pewter Report podcast, Energized by Celsius. I'm John Ledyard from PewterReport.com, and I've got about half the Pewter Report crew with me today to talk about which Bucks deserve the Pro Bowl. We're going to talk about injury report updates. We might even talk a little Bucks bills, and of course, we'll answer your questions as we do every Thursday. But with me today on the show is J.C. Allen and Casey Hudson of PewterReport.com. JC, how are you today on this fine, wonderful Thursday afternoon? I'm doing great. You know, the weather's, you know, getting back up into the 80s, which is nice for December. Uh, and Christmas is right around the corner. I think the countdown's, what, 16 days? Excited about that. Excited about, you know, the children open up their presents and, and everything. So I'm in a great mood. It's December. How can you not be in a good mood? Well, unless okay. you've got a photo wow. of Christmas no, shop to do. No Grinch there for JC. He's feeling <laughs> it. Casey, I, as much as I like your hat, JC, I'm going to have to go with Casey's hat if we're doing a hat off here. Casey, what's what's going on with you 16 days before Christmas? Having a solid hat day, actually. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I'm excited. You're in one of the most exciting parts of the season, and everybody looks forward to that family time during December. I know for us, it's just madness trying to slow down around this time. So I love December. I would really love for it to cool off a little bit though. Why was it freezing in November? And then all of a sudden it's because I sweat to walk to my car and it's not cute. That's stressful for a female. (laughs) I don't feel like it's that hot. Is it that hot? I listen. I'm always home, so I don't. I'm always work. I'm in this office working. That's it. Mm -hmm. So I don't even know what the temperature is, but (laughs) I I could deal with it, man. This is in Pennsylvania, so I'm I'm feeling the weather for sure, no matter what it is. And you know, one of those things that might be able to help you out, Casey, if you're feeling a little down about the weather, is Celsius. It might be able to pick you up, give you the energy that you need. Celsius is the title sponsor of the Peter Report podcast. They power active lives every day with essential functional energy. JC, you got the jackfruit there. Jackfruit, baby. Jackfruit. I'm rocking the sparkling strawberry guava today. If you don't know, though, folks, Celsius is terrific stuff. You can find it in stores near you as well, or you can go to the banner ads at pewterreport.com. You can click. You can find them. You're not going to taste a better tasting energy drink, especially considering the fact that it's also awesome for you, which is huge as well. So make sure you check out Celsius.com. Click those banner ads at pewterreport.com. Go to Amazon as well. Do the subscribe and save. You can get a bunch of these different tasty flavors coming to your door on the regular. Uh, great stuff from our friends over at Celsius. Um, and the energy drinks, honestly, is sustaining me today a little bit because your boy was dragging a little bit. But uh, the reason why is because we've had so much ground to cover today. Uh, there has been the obvious content going up at Pewter Report that's always going up. But there are also the injuries and then the player interviews that we want to always transcribe and get good content out there with. And one of those things that we always like to update you on at the beginning of the show is just looking at the injury report. There's good news in today's injury report. Jamal Dean, who Bruce Aaron seemed pretty optimistic would be available in week 14, is back at practice as a full participant. This is obviously part of the concussion protocol, so it doesn't guarantee anything, but it's good that he's already in that phase of the protocol. Now we'll have to see how he responds tomorrow and how he responds Saturday is going to be huge for determining whether he can play Sunday or not. Tough to get through the protocol in a week. We've seen some players do it this uh, this year already. Not impossible. And the other good piece of news, Will Golson was upgraded to a limited participant in practice. And that's a good sign because he talked to the media today too. And usually when that happens, the player doesn't miss. So AC, how are you feeling about these additions to the these uh, pluses, I guess, on the Bucks injury report right now? Yeah, they're they're all good news. I mean, you, you whenever you lose a member of your secondary this year, you just you take a gasp because you know you never know what the outcome's going to be. If it's going to be injury reserve, it's going to be a couple weeks. And the fact that he's back out there practicing is definitely a good news uh, for this team. Full participation um, today, which means he's making good progress in the concussion protocol, and that's the biggest thing, right? You could feel great, healthy, but you got to go through those NFL tests before they let you out of the concussion protocol. So the fact that he was out there, full participation is, is great news. And same thing with Will Golson. This is a guy who hasn't, you know, as, as you mentioned earlier, hasn't missed a game in, in five years. And he's a yeah. huge part of what this defense does. Unsung hero. He's a, it's funny. I talked to him right before the Super Bowl and he's like, I'm a lunch pail guy. You know, I show up with my, with my bucket and I go to work and I wear my hard hat and I get the job done. And that's exactly what he does. So having a player like him being able to, uh, be out there is great uh, for for that defense and, and what they do the best is stopping the run. Yeah. The biggest thing that scares me is Ryan Jensen. You know, like 
Allie's back. That's great. JPP's full participation. Vita, they're feeling good. You know, we know about Jordan Whitehead with that severe calf injury. Looks like he's going to be now. It's a shoulder injury, I guess, mm -hmm. um, as well. But Ryan Jensen makes me nervous. Not going to lie. Um, he's actually been, I think, one of the most steady players on this team. Uh, one of the best players at a position in in the league. And for him miss potentially missing a game, it's it's going to be super interesting to see how they shuffle this roster, how they shuffle the line. A guard goes out, a tackle goes out. You've got designated players. You got Robert Hainsey who hasn't really seen a snap besides preseason. And you've got Nick Lavrette, who's who's got that versatility to play guard, center. And then you've got Ali Marpet. So what they're going yeah. to do if he can't go is what I'm most intrigued by, about by this uh, injury report. Yeah, that one's going to be pretty yeah. bonkers. I'm definitely glad to see Jamal Dean back. It speaks a lot to the caliber of this defense when you start kind of relying on a guy like Jamal Dean to be – ready for a game and when you do have those gasps it's like holy crap this guy's out with everything else that they have going on mm -hmm. um i actually think that was kind of beneficial for them in a sense to lose the guys that they did in the time that they did don't freak out yet y'all it's because it didn't happen you know at this point of the season it happened a little further back and jamal dean got to learn so much back there and grow so much back there so that he could actually be utilized if not more you know, they can rotate fresh legs in a little bit more. They can switch things up if they need to. And it's not so much of a gas when you have somebody go down. So to have Jamal Dean, you know, Jamal Dean, Jamal Dean. Sorry, guys. I'm terrible with names if there's one little I actually letter. think it might be Jamal. I, I don't yeah. think you're wrong. I think I say it wrong as Jamal, but I think he said it's Jamal before. Okay. You know, it looks Sometimes like people are so quick to be like, don't say it like that. Look, I let people call me Cassie if it makes them feel better. So, yeah, <laughs> Dean, I'll go with that. So, um, yeah, definitely a bright light to see him out there after, you know, concussion protocol going through everything. Hopefully he'll be back. And um, Will Golsing, I mean, JC said it said it best. He's an unsung hero. He's somebody who makes such a difference on this roster. And even though his yeah. name's not being called every single play, I think it's pretty significant if he's not out there on the field, but I can't, I also can't imagine him not being out there. I think he has that equivalent hustle to a JPP where it's like, you're going to put me out there. I'd rather go out there and get hurt more than somebody tell me that I'm not going to yeah. play. So he hasn't played. Yeah. He hasn't missed a game in like five years or something. Yeah. Imagine having that kind of like title behind yeah. you. And then all of a sudden you're going to miss a game when you can, do limited yeah. practice like if i can jog a little bit i'm going to be on that field I, that's right. a lot of these guys' mentality yeah so. getting to the point i think with him where you're you're hopeful that he can play at least we'll see about dean we'll see about jalen burden he seems like he was progressing and he should be out of the protocol soon so expect those guys to play jc you mentioned it ryan jensen for the second straight day did not participate we'll see what his participation looks like on friday Jensen's about as tough as it gets. So if there's a way to go, I think he's going to go. We'll see. He had a hit, but I think he didn't practice uh, last year, uh, earlier in the season as well. He's a vet. Mm -hmm. He's 30 plus. Them resting him a couple days. We'll see. I won't sound any alarm bells yet. Mally Marpet should be good to go. Jason Pierre Paul as well, even though they're on the injury report. Vita Vea, limited participant, but again, his same thing. He should be good to go with that knee as well. And then Jordan Whitehead hasn't participated either the last two days. I think it's still going to be at least another week for him. Not been placed on IR, as Peter Report reported earlier. There's not they're not planning to put him on IR at this point in time. Mm -hmm. They believe that he can get his way back into the fold here pretty quickly. So uh, we'll see how that progresses with Jordan Whitehead, but, but probably without him this week. Obviously without AB, and then we'll really see about Jamal Dean and and uh, and Ali Marpet. We'll see if those are sorry uh, Ryan Jensen. See if those guys can get healthy or not at this point. Another thing to note is that Devin White is not in the injury report anymore, despite the fact that Bruce Aaron said on box total access this week that he's playing hurt and he's gotten it out for the team. He's not even on the injury report anymore. So I'm not sure what to make of it. I we'll think see. Bruce All right. just has a real love for, for Devin white. <laughs> he has a real love lot for him. There's no, yeah. yeah. He saw that game tape and he said, there's no way this guy's hundred percent, but <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that was the problem or not, by the way, going up later tonight, seven 30 tonight, you will see uh, all 22 breakdown of the Bucks run defense. I did a video today, all 22 uh, breakdown of the Bucks run defense. The first three plays against Atlanta, they gained 63 yards. What went wrong on those plays? I break it down for you in detail with the all 22 tape. And then I go to two plays in the second half where, against similar plays where they fixed some of those things, the issues that they had, and you can see some of the differences and some of what they did better to fix it. I know some people are asking about that in here. So that's going to be out tonight at 7.30. Uh, so look for that on the Peter Report YouTube right here. If you're not subscribed, smash subscribe, spread the word, tell your friends and family and all your loved ones that this is where it's at when it comes to Bucks content. 
Okay, today we are going to take some questions for sure. So if you got some super chat questions, uh, let them fly for us, and we will pull those up here for you. We'll pull those super chats up, and we'll answer them for you if you have them. While you're thinking about if you want to throw a couple dollars, Peter reports away, and, uh, and get your super chat question answered, we're going to talk about the Pro Bowl today. Uh, a lot of people will say we don't care about the Pro Bowl. It's a popularity contest. It's dumb. Pure Pro Bowl is, is awful. It's one of the worst things that the NFL does. You'll hear me rant and rave about it when the Pro Bowl rosters come out. Um, I know some people just kind of laugh off the Pro Bowl at some points, but this matters for players. It matters for contract negotiations. It matters for for legacy, for when we're talking about Hall of Fame and things like that. Imagine if Levante David had gotten in all the years he deserved to get in. And now you've got a player like Ali Marpet who's in a very similar situation, getting to that point in his career where if he doesn't start to get in, those conversations will reflect back on him and his legacy as well. So this kind of stuff absolutely matters. Like I said, it matters for contracts and money and promotional events that players do as well and publicity, but also it matters for legacy and measuring them against other players at their position. So making sure the best players get into the Pro Bowl is something I'm very passionate about. It's something I also have no control over and hate the fact that I have no control over it because it would be a lot better if people who actually studied tape and understood football voted on these processes rather than the way that it's currently constructed, which is one-third fan vote, one-third coaches vote, one-third players vote around the league. Well, half the players around the league are just voting for their buddies or their teammates, and they don't know, you know who else is out there. They haven't seen a guy on their schedule. They're not going to vote for him. So it, it's a mess from that perspective. Coaches, pretty much the same thing. You might have a couple that can get it right, but these guys are not studying for the Pro Bowl. They're just filling out the ballot. They're just whatever to them. Say, yeah. Fans have no clue. I mean, they're literally voting for the Bengals Hakeem Adinejad to meet the Pro Bowl right now. The dudes <laughs> can't even tie his shoes. So this the process is horrible. That's my that's my pre-Pro Bowl rant. I'll, I'm definitely going to have more rants on the Pro Bowl. But the process is horrible. But we wanted to talk about which bucks we feel like are deserving of the Pro Bowl and uh, within the context of the NFC. So one important thing to note as we get started is that there are going to be more players – then the Pro Bowl roster can accommodate that are deserving of the Pro Bowl. We'll talk about this with Donovan Smith in a second. The Pro Bowl roster is not sized to accommodate all the players who deserve to go to the Pro Bowl. So we are picking the most deserving, not the only players who are deserving on the box. It's an important distinction. Want people to point out. It's like defensive player of the year. It's very rare that you're going to get one person who is worthy of defensive player of the year. You pick the best candidate maybe or the one that most people think is the best candidate but there's probably going to be a couple of people that are played at a level worthy of being defensive player of the year. So with all that said, in the context in place, let's get started. Bucks offensively. We'll kind of go by position here. Casey, I'm going to start with you. The quarterback position leads this thing off. Was this a hard one for you? I mean, there are a couple of good quarterbacks in the <laughs> NFC right now. If you look at who might make it, a Matt Stafford, Aaron Rodgers, Kyler Murray, but it was pro I'm guessing it was probably pretty easy for you to pick Brady. Yeah, it, I mean, it was pretty easy, but in the sense I've kind of mentioned on here a couple of times, I'm such a big fan of, you know, that underdog or that that next mm -hmm. guy up, you know. So Kyler Murray, I, I I really have liked just about everything that he's done, his his leadership at his age, what he has the potential to do in this league down the line, down the stretch. Um, but I mean, realistically, when you look at it, Tom Brady's paving a, a tough path for anybody to follow along. So yeah. as long as he keeps doing what he's doing, you, you got to keep giving the man credit. So he keeps putting record-breaking performance after record-breaking performance. When you think that there's no other records to break, then all of a sudden there's something else, and it's Tom Brady's name attached to it. So, yeah, this part wasn't too hard for me. I definitely think he's deserving of it. Um, I definitely think that you know some other good names got in there, but if you had to solidify mm -hmm. one or one most, it, it still gets goes to Tom for me. JC? Well, I had a long talk with Scott the other night, and he's convinced me that Blaine Gabbert should be there just because of moral support for the team, of any other reason. So if I'm looking at the Bucks roster, I mean, Brady, yeah, he's great. He's leading. He's the fourth leading, you know, vote getter uh, with 151,000 votes, 151, 305,000 votes, fourth place of all vote getters now. But he's been there, done that. Let's give it to Blaine Gabbert, who you know if just you put him yeah. in at the end of the game, he's going – to win you the game. Yeah. Undefeated, too much. <laughs> undefeated for the Pro Bowl. Blaine Gabbert should definitely be there. Uh, that's my I think opinion. you're just sucking up to Scott. I think you're trying yeah. to get raised or like, something. Scott I, owe you? No, but yeah. Brady, uh, obviously Brady. I mean, come on. I mean, we're looking at the Bucks roster. There's only one yeah. quarterback that plays. It's Brady. You look around the N NFC. I mean, there's other 
you know, Kyler Murray's been having a great season, but he missed a bunch of time. Aaron Rodgers again. He's Aaron freaking Rodgers. He'll probably make mm-hmm. it. So you're looking probably at Rodgers, obviously Brady because of his t- vote total and because of what he's doing and his name. A- and then, you know, it's probably going to be Kyler for that third spot. It could have been Stafford, but. Mm, yeah, yeah, not to discount Stafford either because, I mean, I think right. he's he's a pretty steady quarterback and obviously <laughs> going to the Rams, that, that just does something different. But, um, yeah, I think Brady yeah. all day. I, I think obviously Brady was the first choice, but Rodgers is playing well and playing better lately, so – Look out there, you know, and MVP race is probably still, I mean, it's still in my mind, definitely being led by Brady right now. Kyler Murray missed those, those four, was it four games? I think he missed or four weeks at least four weeks that he missed. Uh, and mm-hmm. so we are still kind of seeing if he can make up that time. He didn't have a really super productive game in, in his first game back. So we'll just see how he plays coming back. But I think it's, yeah, probably between he and Matt Stafford for that third quarterback spot in the NFC. But Including Brady was, yeah, pretty, pretty easy call here. Let's get this super chat because I appreciate this. John Ward, $5 super chat. Again, we are doing Q&A, so if you have, we'll throw them in in between position groups here. Now, if you have some super chats, send them our way, and we'll answer your question live on the air here. Do you think the Bucks O will try to run more duo, try to get the backs to the second level, and attempt to out-physical the Bills' defensive line? It's definitely possible, John, because the Bills have smaller defensive tackles. And so uh, that could be a strategy where the Bucks say, yeah, we want to get our double teams going up front to the second level. The struggle is that if the Bills linebackers are triggering, they're super explosive and fast. And you obviously want to be able to get them, get off those doubles and get to them before that happens. So the Patriots ran a ton of polling plays, you know, whether it's dart or counter, power, all those kind of stuff. The Bucks have a lot of that stuff in their repertoire. Again, I'm not saying copy the Patriots game plan, but, the Bucs are, are already kind of as a run scheme set to do a lot of what New England did that was successful. Probably not as well as the Patriots do it because they've been doing all that stuff for ages and the Bucs are just starting to add it in. But could yeah. be a wrinkle uh, as we move through here, John. Okay, let's yeah. keep rolling in the Pro Bowl oh. ballot situation here. Uh, let's talk about the running back position because this is the one that's going to be – this is going to be hotly contested here for, amongst a lot of people's opinions. And I'm going to go last here. Uh, JC, what do you think about the running back situation in the NFC right now? If you look at the AFC compared to the NFC, it yeah. is hilarious, the discrepancy. And part of that's because of injuries in the NFC. But right now, the NFC just doesn't have that many options for Pro Bowl running backs. No, and this is where I think Leonard Fournette could sneak in. I mean, obviously, what he's doing through the air, what he's doing on the ground, um, he's getting his name out there, the publicity of – you know, whatever nickname Lenny it is every week, four touchdown Lenny, Lucas Oil Lenny, playoff Lenny, Lombardi Lenny. You know, I think he's really marketing himself out there and, and fans are taking to it. And I, like you said, the injuries, I mean, you're looking at Dalvin Cook been banged up. Does he even finish the season at this point? I mean, I know he's he's questionable to play. You got Kyle, um Christian McCaffrey. Alvin Kamara has been missed a bunch of games. Saquon Barkley. And Leonard Fournette's been healthy and just been struggling along. Yeah. Leonard, could you wind up making the Pro Bowl, Leonard? <laughs> we'll see. I think he could, you know. Um, it's going to be interesting. To hit. What's helping him, too, potentially, is, um, like you said, we've got a lot of alphabet voters out there. And F yeah. is towards the top. So <laughs> if they, they see that F, they might just click on Leonard Fournette and, and give him the vote. I think that's more for like O line and defense, but maybe it's happening in running back too. I don't know. Casey, what do you think about Lenny's chances? (laughs) Well, wait, JC, do you have him in? Is he in for you, JC? Is he on your ballot? He's he's on my list. He's on my list. I think he sneaks in. You think you know this is a we're saying, buddy. There is no fence. You're always trying to ride the fence. This is (laughs) there's no fence riding here. You tell me, is he in or is he not? Wait, do I think he deserves it? No. Do I think he makes it? Yes. (laughs) <laughs> okay there you go that's what I thought. well i'm just saying there's only three in the nfc so i mean if you're one of the three yeah i you think could, i get what you're saying but i think he's in i mean i dalvin cook ezekiel elliott but yeah i mean casey what do you think um i think he's in i think that he's he's yeah he's i mean the team he's put this team on his back in a couple of games for one and this isn't the first year that leonard Fournette has had a pro bowl performance i mean he carried the jaguars when they finally saw the playoffs after mm-hmm. their drought so you know that this guy is put pro bowl caliber um and then when it just comes to continuing in the in the nfc i mean who else does he go against you mentioned ezekiel elliott the cowboys have done well and then you know who else so mm-hmm. i i say he yeah. i say that he gets in but i also think that he deserves it i just think that he's right. He's kept his his eyes on the prize. He's kept his mouth shut, which you just appreciate from mm-hmm. most players. And he's gone out there and just put it all on on the field. 
I think Elijah yeah. Mitchell's his biggest competition right now. Okay. Do you think that? I mean, I think Antonio Gibson, just because Gibson is up to 800 rushing yards, but Leonard is, or Corderell Patterson, too. You know, that's, he's one. I don't know how they're going to put him in his voters because he has, Corderell Patterson is the most receiving yards. He has more receiving yards back. than rushing, doesn't he? Yeah, right. Yeah. But he's not really a true running back. So is that going to screw up, Lenny? That's something to, to wonder about. DeAndre Swift yeah. got hurt. He has, those are the only two guys that Patterson and Swift with more receiving yards than Leonard Fournette in the NFC. So, like, that's what happens when Kamara gets hurt, when McCaffrey gets hurt, when Aaron Jones gets hurt. Like, there's just – it might be what it is this year, and he might actually get in. I think – I don't think – as Elijah, I don't think Elijah Mitchell will be in it, to be honest. Maybe you're wrong about that, JC. Maybe you're right. I think it might be Patterson, that type of situation, where maybe Patterson – and also what happens with Dalvin Cook. I mean, he's supposed to probably try and play uh, tonight against Pittsburgh, but – you know, it could very well be a situation with Alvin Cook where that shoulder, you know, both his shoulders, I guess, at this yeah. point, don't allow him to so injury prone, you know, right. Right. like but at this point, Pro Bowl voting is almost done. So, yeah, it's like that last leg with that, I would say. Right. Right. Uh, I think it'll be finished up next week. That's kind of why we're doing this uh, now. But I think Leonard gets in. I think we're all in agreement here. I wasn't necessarily expecting that, but I think we're all in agreement here that Leonard's going to get into the Pro Bowl. You said it, JC. I think it's a good point. He's marketable, right? Like, yeah. That's part of it, right? You want to win a third of the vote. That's part of it. I think he has a chance because San of that. Francisco's and his got a lot of too. games. I think yeah. San Francisco's got a lot of games, and Elijah Mitchell kind of came out of nowhere for fantasy wise. So I think that's that's in his. But I think Antonio Gibson what hurts him is he plays for Washington. You know, I think that hurts him. And I, the fact that Tampa Bay so much in the spotlight, I think gives Leonard the Fournette the yeah. the edge over both of those guys. So just, yeah, and yeah, I mean, just think about players touchdowns. The NFL changed their bio to praise Lenny. You don't do that and not put this guy in the Pro Bowl. That's hey, just, that's a good, that's a great that's point. Kind of like crazy. Yeah, they like kind of marketed for him like that. Yeah, yeah that's a good point. Yep. <laughs> they stand. All right, so Leonard's in. Right, we got two. We each have two Pro Bowl, two bucks in the Pro Bowl. Leonard's in and Fournette's in. So or Leonard in and, and Brady's in so far. Okay, let's go to the offensive line because I want to save the skill position players for last. Let's roll through. Let's just tackle the offensive line as a whole here. Obviously, five really good starters for the Bucs. I think most people would say they've been the best offensive line in the NFL this season. Uh, I was just kind of laughing to myself. Like, I don't, I love Pro Football Focus in a lot of ways. I rarely agree with their, like, the grading that they're off. And all the Bucs starters are highly graded for PFF this year. There's, last year, Jensen took shots from PFF. I don't, didn't understand at all based on play. But he, he's even highly graded this year. So everybody, they, you have everybody graded highly. But it's just so funny. You read like they're all pro team and they have four tackles. And they don't do it AFC and NFC, so it's, it becomes a lot harder. But, you know, neither of the Bucks tackles are in there. None of their guards are in there. Jensen's not in there. It just, how can you make an all pro O-line right now out of this season and not have any Bucks on your all pro O-line? It just, I just don't understand how that can be possible when they've been the best offensive line in the NFL. And obviously they have some elite individuals. So Casey, let's start with you. You look at this Bucks offensive line and you look at them in the context of the NFC. What do you have? Who do you think should make it? A hundred percent Tristan Wirfs. 100 percent Tristan Wirfs. Um, first and foremost, for sure. I also think Donovan Smith, um, he doesn't, you know, again, somebody else whose name isn't constantly rattled off as much, but he's a huge impact on that line. His veteran presence shows and he's very consistent. You know, you don't see that in, in too many players, whether they're a vet or not a vet, just to continuously have a consistently strong performance. And um, that's something that I've definitely liked about him. Lastly, I would probably say Ryan Jensen. I know that, you know, Kappa's on there. Who else? Marpet. I think I would choose Jensen, Wirfs, and Donovan Smith to be like the three out of all of them to really kind of lock in there. Okay, so no Marpet for you, but you're picking the other three top ones. All right, JC, what, what do you think of the offensive line? This is so tough because the question is who deserves to be there, right? Versus who's going to make it. Who deserves to yeah. be there is everybody but Kappa. Yeah. And the weird thing about it is Kappa <laughs> leads is the fifth most highest vote getter right now of all guards in the NFL. Again, not, it's not ABC. Funny. It's not funny. He, he, he did it last year <laughs> again. Not. He's making his return uh, as one of the top rate, top voted guards in the Pro Bowl. So, I mean, Kappa's been great, um, but he's just. He's not like the rest of them. I think what really hurts Marpet is that game against Washington and also being out with an injury. I think that hurts him, but I think he's deserving of it. He won't get it. I think Jensen should get it, but he's the most underrated offensive lineman probably in the game, definitely at center. I just don't understand how people look at him 
you know, Brandon Thorne, if you wanted to talk, listen to someone talk about Jensen, and I thank John for, for, you know, introducing me to this guy. He will tell you exactly what you need to know. He's amazing, but I don't think he makes it either. And being potentially injured out this week is tough as well. Donovan Smith, he's the number three pass-blocking um, tackle in the league right now above Trishner Werfs if you go by PFF's numbers. But I don't we think don't. he makes it either. <laughs> I don't. Because there's only no, so I many think, spots. Yeah. But Werfs, I think if Werfs does not make the Pro Bowl this year, mm-hmm. we riot. Tampa, we riot. It's, it's just ridiculous. The guys let up one sack and yeah. and zero pressure since week eight. Yeah. Are you kidding me? I agree with you. The important thing to think about with this offensive tackle group is though is just how hard it is going to be to get in. In the AFC, it would not be that big of a challenge. In the NFC, it's gonna be an unbelievable challenge. I mean, Trent Williams is playing, he might be having one of the best, if not the best, offensive tackle season of all time yeah. for San Francisco at left tackle. Tyron Smith is having an elite season for Dallas. Then Andrew Whitworth is having an unreal year, and he's 39 for L.A. for the Rams. So it's And and they only take three. Remember, there's only three tackles make it from the NFC. I have Tyron Smith, Trent Williams, and I have Tristan Wirfs in there as, as the third tackle. I think I know he should make it. But there are a lot, there's a lot of competition, and there is there's at least six deserving players. I don't even think I think Donovan Smith is probably sixth on that list, and he's played unbelievable football this year. It's just hard to make an argument for him to get in. Teron Armstead, Ryan Ramchecks, too. I mean, they both injured the last couple games, but they're still yearly guys. And we know that the Pro Bowl is mostly a name recognition type deal. That's why you're not going to, you know, it's harder for other guys to get in there when you have these dominant guys who. The league wants to promote, and coaches know, and players know, so it's easy to vote for them because they know their name because they're known throughout the league. Right, yeah, and that's true. Actually, on the on the interior, I, I'm definitely I'm putting Ali Marpet in there. Sorry, Gacy. I mean, right now you look across the NFC at guard, it's not a lot of competition this year. Uh, Zach Martin will be in there, obviously from Dallas, mm-hmm. and then Marpet has played honestly, other than Martin, maybe as well as any guard in the league really right now or in the nfc at the very least uh, chris lindstrom from atlanta has played awesome as well the right guard really one of their only good offensive not, linemen not the left and guard he, yeah and not the left guard and he should probably make it in my opinion lindstrom but that would be your three guards in my opinion i think marpet should beat out lindstrom so i have no idea if he will make it voters have screwed this up with marpet for a while but he's yeah. having an unbelievable season he only missed that one game uh, I think he's going to make it. I think he's 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 absolutely deserving. And then at center, again, it's kind of the same thing. Frank Ragnow is 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 hurt, and so there's been kind of down year at center in the NFC. Jensen, to me, is clearly the best center in the NFC. Uh, you could definitely make an argument for the NFL, but I mean, you look at his competition in the NFC. It's he and Jason Kelsey should both probably make it, and there's not much even name recognition factor. I mean, Rodney Hudson's over there, but he's not played as those guys level. And I don't know if name recognition even matters that much at center. Now that Marquise Pouncey's undeserving backside <laughs> is out of the NFL. So <laughs> we'll see. I say that as a Steelers fan, but the guy got into the pro bowl last year and I was like, this guy can't even what? play anymore. He can't even stand up and you're giving him the pro bowl. Like, Oh, he was done. Oh, yeah. he was cooked, man. The hard part with me with Marpet is sometimes, but I could be overthinking it is like, when I look at certain players and their calibers, if a guy can come in and manage your spot or at least hold it down well enough to where it doesn't mm-hmm. affect the team, and Marpet's been overlooked, you know, in many different circumstances. So when he missed those games due to injury, he's still probably working through some things. Stinney was able to come in when he had to go out. It's just kind of if you really had to choose, I just I don't know if Marpet. I personally don't know if Marpet would make the pinch. But. So you've got Marpet, Wirfs, and Jensen in. No, I, I said got I th- Marpet. I will make it in. She has she has Smith, Jensen, and Wirfs in. Mm-hmm. I've got the three you said, JC. I've okay. got Marpet. Jensen. I just got worse. Just got worse. Wow. Tough. No Who's making it at center over Jensen in the NFC? Are they like giving this thing to Alex Mack or Rodney Hudson? I Does don't he... trust the Pro Bowl voting process. Jeez. I mean, it's <laughs> all like I said, everything everyone's deserving but Kappa. And even you can make a case for Kappa. Um, but I just I don't trust the whole process. I mean, you went on your rant and it's an extension yeah. of it. I just don't think they'll vote him in. Yeah. It is trash. I mean, uh, no, Jensen's actually better this year by PFF, by the way, Eric. I, he's better this year. PFF has him up, uh, not as high as he should be. I agree, but he's in their top ten overall centers in the NFL, and I think he's t- I think he's number four in the NFC for them. But I think like number one is like Ragnow, and he has barely played this season, and they have another guy hurt above him too that I forget who it is now, but he's not played much this year either. So 
Um, I, I think he's got a really good shot. If Jensen doesn't make it this year, honestly, we should riot. Honestly, Jensen and Marpet's competition is worse than Werfs and Smith's competition or, and Smith's competition. Yeah. So that is a factor here in terms of like my outrage, who makes it and who doesn't. It's hard going to be harder for me to be outraged about Werfs and Smith just because Whitworth's hundred percent deserving. Like Smith Williams, those guys are hundred percent deserving or Tyron Smith, Trent Williams, but there's no way you can tell me that there's centers and guards above Marpet. I just, that's my opinion on it, but we'll move on from the offensive line. Uh, let's talk about the wide receiver spot. This is where it gets hard and where we're deser- being deserving of the pro bowl gets really tough. The four most productive wide receivers in the NFL right now are all from the NFC and none of them are named Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. You have Cooper cup, Justin Jefferson, Debo Samuel and Devonte Adams all over a thousand yards receiving already and they've produced in terms of touchdowns too i think adams and debo have five touchdowns apiece jefferson is up over that and cup is well over that he's uh, he's over double digit touchdowns i think he's up there with evans on touchdowns so there's only four wideouts make it from the nfc what happens in this one in your opinion jc uh none of the bucks wideouts make it wow okay so you don't think you don't think you're predicting and you're saying none of them should make it no godwin should probably make it Okay. I think Godwin, should, the, the the way he's played, um, the clutch moments that he's had, the uh, volume that he's had, um, and I think that at the end of the season, he'll have over 100, uh, 100 catches and, and over 1,000 yards and probably hovering right around that 8 to 10 touchdown spot. Uh, I think he deserves it, but you just lifted four names, and that's just four names. There's other players, too. We start getting into name recognition, like DeAndre Hopkins and players like that. I well, mean, yeah, that, but Hopkins has missed most of the season. His production is even It doesn't matter. It's guys. a Pro Bowl, man. It doesn't really matter. But the voting really closes the next game. week. Yeah, but that's yeah, fan but voting. Remember, Can't player voting is only a part of it, and Hopkins has, pl- has not played for a lot of the year. Yeah. We'll see. Maybe you're maybe you're right, but it's – I mean, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are names, too. That's not like these oh, are they obscure are. – hundred you know. percent. Yeah. So, I just, I don't know. Contending Super Bowl champions at that. Right. So they've got a what little you, extra something to their name. I right. just, I, I, I just don't, I don't see it. You don't think they're going to make it. Okay. Uh, I mean, there's obviously four names there. We said, Casey, what do you think? Any, any, did these guys sneak in? I think that one sneaks in at least. And that's okay. again, because a Super Bowl, a former Super Bowl champion, I think that that just kind of levels up everything. You want them out there for the competitive factor, for the entertainment factor. So if anyone was to get it, I would I would swing with Chris Godwin. He just, you know, he's I think he still leads in yards on the team and it's only going to go further closing out the season. And even though Mike Evans is Mike Evans, I think Chris Godwin has probably had a little yeah. bit more of a splashier year. And Tony, it would have been Antonio Brown if he didn't miss so much time. Because it probably would have been. You're not lying. Yeah. Like if he didn't miss, then he no. would have the yards to really contend with a lot of these guys out there. But, you know, when you got a guy like Cooper Cup in your category, he just kind of destroys everybody yeah. he minimizes everyone's performance so yeah Especially if there's a healthy OD, then i think that that would have really locked it in but for the mm. for the entertainment factor of what the pro bowl is i think that they at least put one former super bowl champion in there and i say it's chris godwin I think, you. I, yeah i think the one caveat here with this that could get godwin in there is right now the bucks are favored to go to the super bowl and we all know super bowl teams don't play in the pro bowl or don't even whatever. So they have to be replaced. So if the odds are strong enough right now um, and the bucks continue to do before, mm-hmm. do well before these pro bowl uh, is announced, yeah. I could see some, some trickery going on here where there's yeah. bucks that are put on there that might not necessarily um, might leapfrog somebody else because they feel like they'd have to replace them with somebody else. Anyways, I've always got think- even as a fan that sometimes they do that. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I think this is it for Pro Bowl voting. I think we're in the final like seven days of it. I know for fans I, we are, but I'm not sure about for players and coaches if that yeah. process is the same. It probably is pretty close to the same at least. So we might only have another game or two for people to draw conclusions by, which is why we're kind of doing this now. So pretty much the haze in the barn. I, and I mentioned Cook's injury too, so I probably shouldn't have said that because it pretty much is what it is at this point. So we'll see if it affects things or not. But I'm at – kind of the point where you're at i think casey that cooper cup's gonna make it justin jefferson's gonna make it their production is insane both of them Devontae adams is gonna make it his production's great and also he's he's Devontae okay. adams he's the best receiver in the nfl in my opinion he's gonna make it where it gets tricky is the fourth spot because to me i think evans and godwin are five and six however you want to rake them i mean you can look at cd lamb dk metcalf 
Tyler Lockett, DJ Moore, Terry McLaurin. Those are the next five guys close around them. Some of those guys have more yards than Evans or Godwin, but they haven't made as big impact on winning teams. You know, all those teams are down except for Lambs, and, and he's been hurt recently too. And his production really isn't, you know, especially in terms of touchdowns. I mean, Mike Evans has 10 touchdowns. He's going to have a thousand yards again. He has the reputation. He has, you know, kind of the name recognition on his side again. Uh, he's been in the Pro Bowl before, obviously. I think Mike Evans actually might have a, a good chance of making it. I know his which his yardage total was a little bit higher. That would probably lock him in. But I think Debo could be snubbed for somebody like that. Now, do I think they should make it? Honestly, if you're only taking four, I think Cup, Jefferson, Debo, and, and Adams have been the best four wide receivers in the NFC. I think Evans yeah. and Godwin have been terrific. I think they've been five and six easily in the NFC, but you're only taking four. And so – I, I'm not going to necessarily say either of them should make it, even though I think that they've played really well this season. Let's just push right on over to tight end where the conversation, you know, people would, a lot of people would say, oh, Gronkowski missed you know, five, six games. How, how is he even the conversation? Well, <laughs> if you look at numbers, it isn't far-fetched. <laughs> I mean, you know he's got the name recognition and the popularity thing going for him, obviously. So that'll get him fan votes, I'm sure. I don't even know what fan voting is right. It looks like right now, but that will get him some, some push as well there. But Casey, when you look at the tight end position in the NFC right now, obviously Kyle Pitts is leading the way 42 catches, 709 yards and a only one touchdown. Mm -hmm. and, and George Kittle's got, he was hurt too. And he missed some time, 44 catches for 606 yards, five touchdowns. Now you've got Gronk coming in there. He's got more touchdowns than both of the guys who are probably it's one and two and only taking two. Could he overtake one of those two guys? Is he clearly in third place at least? What's the story with Gronk? Gronk's 100% in. Everybody's oh, wow. infatuated with this Gronk and Tom connection. Somebody said <laughs> it in the chat recently too. It's like, why wouldn't somebody – like you could picture fans voting to have that Tom Brady with all of his weapons in the Pro Bowl. The Pro Bowl is an entertaining thing at the end of the day. But, again, you know that – the shake of the hands, the emoji, the tweet. It's yeah. Rob Gronkowski meets the end zone. You can't beat that. You cannot not put that in the Pro yeah. Bowl. So this guy, and what I love most about Gronk unbiasedly is the fact that he is a very, you know, solid tight end. Not even though, you know, Travis Kelsey is in, in this particular conversation. Right. People try to compare the two, and I don't think it's comparable because how often do you see Travis Kelsey block? And even though he can do well, Gronk can make that look like nothing compared to most of the tight ends in the league. Even Kyle Pitts, you don't see him be the strongest blocker. So when it comes to an overall tight end, somebody who can really do it all, he's very reliable. He makes that end zone his his baby. <laughs> then Rob Gronkowski's definitely got to be in the Pro Bowl. I say he locks down a spot, no problem. See, I don't think he's going to get in right now if they extended this thing to the end of the season, which, again, they should. But, I mean, he's probably in over Dallas Goddard, Hawkinson, Ertz, you know, guys that have similar production or right around him. In turn, they have a little more yards, but they've played way more games. Gronk's production per game is insane. He's PFF's highest-graded tight end in the NFL this season. There's a lot on his side, honestly, for a guy who's missed as many games as he has. It won't shock me if he makes it, but, I mean, Cal Pitts was maybe the best tight end prospect ever, and he's 709 receiving yards as a tight end. Even with one touchdown, I think he's going to get in. And then – Kittle is, you know, he's again name recognitions on his side too, and he just is coming off what a 185 yard game, or he's obviously still a baller. So uh, you know, didn't he miss a couple games this season too? He though? did. Yep, yeah, he missed a couple games too. So I mean, I for Kyle Pitts, I think the rookie factor is in his favor because everybody wants to see somebody who just has an right. amazing, you know, on this break on the scene uh, presence and and performance, but. I mean, right. I would take Gronk over George Kittle, and that's not, again, not being biased, not as, yeah. you know, anything particular. Right. And there is, there comes a point where how much you've played matters, but like this comparison here, Big MGM says, it's so hard fans voting for Schultz over Gronk after what he's done. But then again, Evan Engram was a pro bowler. Exactly. Like, Dalton Schultz has been out there, and I get it, but like, watch Dalton Schultz and watch Rob Gronkowski tell me they belong in the same room. Like, right. You know, no question in my mind, Gronkowski has been one of the best tight ends in the NFL this season. You could definitely make a case he's been the best tight end in the NFL this season. Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of the games that he missed will keep him out. If they, again, if they push this back to the end of the season, then I would be like, oh, yeah, he's going to be in because he ain't done. Like, unless he gets hurt again, like, he's going to still keep producing. So, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I don't think he's going to get in, but I, if they did it the right way, he would get in, I think. Let's yeah. shift over to the defensive oh, side of this thing. But before we do. I don't get to go. 
Oh, you didn't. Oh, you didn't get to go. No, I, let you, <laughs> snuck right, I thought you said no right, to Gronk. I thought you were right, no. Snuck right by me. Um, no, but it's a no. After all that. He's got a better chance, though, in the NFC, and I think it's going to come down, be really close. I mean, the AFC, if he was still in the AFC, he's not making it over Waller, Gusecki, Andrews, or Kelsey. It's just not happening. Kyle yep. Pitts and Kittle are locks, but I think I think, I think, think the names you're looking for for him, really, is Schultz and Hawkinson. Uh, maybe Goddard to an extent, but I think it's Schultz and Hawkinson. Cowboys, man, they vote. They they Cowboys Nation gets out there and votes. Um so I think that's who he's going up against. I mean, Ertz and Conklin have had similar production, good years themselves. Um, but I, 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 mean, I, I, I just only, they're only taking two. So if it's Pitts yeah. and Kittle, it's Pitts and Kittle. That, yeah. So it's know, yeah. That, but Berserk, it might not be. It, it might not be. He could sneak in over. I don't know. We'll see. He could sneak in wow. over Kittle. It's possible. I think JC made a point about that. the whole. If you think that they're going back to the Super Bowl, if there's an eighty plus percent chance. Why not name the former Super Bowl champion and know that the next guy is going to be up and in the Pro Bowl? I think that that kind of plays into it. Mm. Also, the guys who you know are going to bow out too, right? You know they're mm-hmm. going to be like, "Oh, I've got an injury, I can't make it." So you can you can. Are they, even do, are they doing a game this year? I don't even remember. <laughs> they didn't last year. This year. They didn't last oh, year. Yeah, okay. so, they yeah nobody's going to go. Let's talk about Spotify Greener. If you like these conversations about that, we dive a little bit deeper, you'll like Spotify Greener. But it's not just sports. It's music, sports, and culture. They talk about all kinds of stuff in here. You can jump in. You can take the mic. You can give your opinion. Download it on the App Store. Get it on Google Play. Join the conversation uh, happening over at Spotify Greener. This is a great opportunity for you to kind of voice your opinions and your thoughts on some things. And I'd be remiss if I didn't mention our friends at Living Golf Life, where you can get, this is perfect for the holiday season. If you like getting out and golfing or you know people who do, they got everything over. They got koozies, they got glasses, they got uh, golf hats, they got the new trucker hat. You see Matt walking all rocking all over the place on uh, the Pewter Report podcast. You see these amazingly comfortable, soft uh, tee, uh, polos that they have as well. Living Golf Life, great brand. Great for gifts this time of year is where you need to be checking it out, especially livinggolflife.com. Follow them on Instagram, at livinggolflife on Instagram. You see all the new stuff that they come out with. Great guys, start a great business, have a great vision for what this thing's going to look like. So make sure you check out uh, their apparel uh, for sure. There's lots of good stuff in there from our friends over at Living Golf Life. Okay, let's turn our attention to the defensive side of the ball for this thing. The conversation might get shorter here. Let's let's just start with the defensive line in general, you know, I know Vita Vea is a name, but it's hard to, to look at the NFC picture right now at that position and say, okay, yeah, this is, this guy's going to make it. Um, you know, I think you look at edge rusher, Shaq Barrett's a name. He's made it. He obviously led the league in sacks at this point. He gets that recognition. They do edge rusher pretty weird. They have DNs and outside linebackers and they, I don't even want to get into it. It's ridiculous how they vote for him. but are we talking edge rushers, DNs and DTs right now? I'm talking edge, yeah. Edge, let's just say edge rushers. <laughs> I know we'll talk about the linebacker thing in a second. Let's just say edge rushers, DNs, whatever you want to call them, uh, and then defensive tackles right now. Does anybody make it? I mean, Sue has some sack numbers. He's got the name, but I don't know. I, I mean, Sue's not going to make it over some of the guys. I mean, they're only picking three D tackles. Like, is Sue going to make it over Aaron Donald, Javon Hargrave? and uh, John Allen the way that they're playing this season? I don't know. But what do you think, Casey? Anybody from the D line make it? No, I don't think they do. I just don't think they're putting up the numbers and they're not being as loud as, as any other guy out in the NFC. So there's just too many guys who whose numbers mm-hmm. and production are speaking a bit louder. Don't conflict the name with it, JC, with all that head tilting, because not even a couple of weeks ago, we find how long was Scott begging for more out of Via Vea? Okay. He finally gets two sacks in a game, mm-hmm. but what's going to happen this week. And as John said the voting closes here shortly, so nobody's getting the rest of the season to really prove anything. So as of okay. today, Vita Vea has been somewhat silent. Nadamakan Sue has really showed up in about th- – he shows up every game. Don't misconstrue this. But as for really shaking things up or you hear his name, it's been three games, and we're heading into week 14. So I don't think anyone in, in comparison will go from the Bucks. JC, Here's you are doing the point. Here's where I deviate from you guys because I know, John, I saw your facial expressions when you're talking about D-line. You don't think. But before I do that, guys, everyone take a second to smash that thumbs up button. If you're watching on Facebook, share it. If you're watching on Twitter, retweet it. Smash that thumbs button. Thumbs up button. If you're on YouTube, it helps us out so much. Reach other people. 
get more, uh, bring in more income to give you more content and do crazier things. We've got a lot of stuff planned, so keep smashing that likes button. We appreciate all of you. I got Shaq Barrett making it, guys. I mm. think Shaq can put something again. I think he's he's got the name recognition. He's got eight and a half sacks right now. Um, is it seven and a half, or does he have eight and a half? I think he's I, seven and a half. Is it seven and a half or eight and a half? I thought it was eight and a half. I think it's seven and a half, but seven. Seven and a half. He's got seven and a half sacks, but that's not saying like you know. You look at the at the NFC; they don't have crazy sack numbers at his position. I think the leader right now is is old man Quentin uh, Quentin, William, Quentin Williams or uh, Robert Williams with ten. So I Robert mean, Quinn, Robert Quinn, Robert Williams. It's, Robert it's Quinn, Nick Boston. Nick Boston is the leader, but Quinn is second. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I think he's got a. I think he's got a chance to to sneak in there. Uh, another good good game by him. Uh, his pressures are still up there in the league. Um, I think he's got a chance to sneak in there. I mean, he, he's Shaq Barrett. He's got the cool name, Shaq. You know, everyone thinks I, – I, I just think that uh, he can live off maybe some past production and, and sneak in there. So I got Shaq Barrett making mm. it on the defensive side. It's going to be tough. I mean, Nick Bosa and Robert Quinn seem like they're pretty much locks. Their other wrinkle in this is Micah Parsons. What position do, does he get voted in at? Yes. Uh, probably not going to be DN, but it could be outside linebacker in which case they end up conflating the two for this game. Like if you look last year's Pro Bowl, here it is in the NFC. I'll give you any idea. This is where Shaq honestly could work in his favor too. They picked three defensive ends. Oh, I'm looking at the AFC right now. Hang on, let me find the NFC. Here's the NFC. They picked three defensive ends in the NFC. Cameron Jordan, Brandon Graham, and Chase Young were the three defensive ends. Those are all edge rushers, right? Well, then for outside linebacker, they didn't pick any actual linebackers. They picked three more edge defenders. So six edge defenders made it. Khalil Mack. Zadarius Smith and Jason Pierre-Paul, who was, I think most people would agree, was probably not deserving of the Pro Bowl last year, yet he made it. So this is where you could end up being right, JC. While he isn't a top three edge defender in the NFC, in my opinion, you know, I would go Bosa and Quinn, and then if you want to put Parsons in there, Parsons. If not, I'd go Brian Burns or Chandler Jones. I would say after that, if you're going to put six in, the Jack Barrett's probably in because he's because Bosa and Robert Quinn should be in there. Let's say Parsons is probably in as an, out, an outside linebacker too. Okay, so you've got three spots filled. Now you're looking at three. You'll probably, you know, if you're looking at Bosa and Quinn as DNs, then you've got Parsons as an outside linebacker. Burns is probably the third D end, and you've still got two outside linebacker spots. That's probably Jack Barrett's group. So, yeah, him or Leonard Floyd probably. Leonard Floyd has more sacks than Barrett. I think he's but eight, and it's close. So he could still make it. You're right. It just depends how they view. Again, there's outside linebacker. I think Levante David's in that group and the way they do voting. So, you could have guys like that that go in and take a spot from an edge rusher, but usually people vote by sack totals, which screws over off-ball linebackers like Levante David, for example. So it's a good point. Uh, I'll leave the door open for Shaq. I don't think he's deserving of the Pro Bowl the way he's played this year, but he's certainly he's played well. He's played fine. Um, but you look at the rest of the group in the NFC, and you're like, well, there's a path here if you know if there isn't enough impressive play. Let's move right to off-ball linebacker. You're not this deserving kind of, to make it. What's that? Speaking of people not deserving to make it. <laughs> One player who will definitely make the Pro Bowl, and it could be, but at the end of the day, it's not impossible to think of the fact that Tom Brady and Devin White could be the Bucks' only Pro Bowl players, which is so funny because – one is clearly their MVP, and one has probably been one of the weaker players out of the starting lineup, at least. I don't want to bag up too much. I think he's been fine. I think he's been better in some ways than last regular season. It's so funny, though, because I don't know how much people even look at PFF grades. And I said, I never think they're gospel. But PFF only has 84 linebackers that have played enough snaps to filter through their rankings. Devin White is ranked 77th for PFF. <laughs> I know some people might want to know where Devin Bush is, too, because they always compare the two. Devin Bush is 82nd. So he's even lower than Devin White. But they have Devin White 77th. I don't think Devin White's the 77th best linebacker in the NFL. I also don't think he's top 30 probably linebacker, 25 linebacker maybe in the NFL right now this season. 20 maybe. I don't know. It's not a great position. But anyway, I think that there's a big discrepancy there. He could, he probably will lead all linebackers in votes. And yeah, probably, right according to PFF, is he – yeah, and will probably be one of the worst – players in the league at his position according to pff so huge discrepancy there obviously off-ball linebacker obviously i think we all agree that devin white's gonna make it who should make it an off-ball linebacker especially when you consider the context of the position in the nfc some slippage here bobby wagner's not what he used to be but uh, some would argue levante david's not either uh, well you got obviously fred warner deserves it yeah um you know and i think i think um the other one's demario davis 
from the Saints. Well, yeah, he's been, Mar- he's yeah. been incredible. This and year. it depends. Yeah. They put Micah Parsons as an, as an off-ball line. Like, what do they do? You're right. Yes. And I think Roquan Smith, too. He's made a good case this year as well. Um, you know, as, as well as Ola, um, uh, Atlanta's middle linebacker, not Jones. Ola Kuhn? Ola Kuhn, yeah. Yeah. He's played well, yeah. Yeah, he's probably not going to get it, but yeah, he no. he's played solid. I mean, Devondre Campbell's played great for Green Bay too, but again, yeah. name recognition. I don't know if anybody knows who that even is. Um, Isaiah Simmons done pretty well too, but he's not going to get in. Who? Isaiah Simmons. Yeah, he's played the solid. Cardinals. I think David's played fine this year, but when teams run as little as they do against the Bucks, you're just not going to have that many splash plays. The way that they play in coverage, mm-hmm. especially with so much zone with all the corners that were out and – those guys drop out and they come up and they make tackles, but that's it. You know, there's not a lot of opportunities to make plays on the ball the way the Todd Bulls deploys them in coverage, especially that. this season. Yeah. And he never shoots them in terms of run defense. So they're never like, he never was run blitz at anybody. So they're always waiting Wait, to make it to play so, within the scheme, John. I don't know. There's not a lot of opportunities for splash plays for them, in my opinion, outside of sacks, which all those opportunities go to Devin White. So I don't think Levante takes it. Casey, what do you think? Levante, Devin White, what happens? I think that you guys are right. I think Devin White gets in there. I don't think he's deserving of it over anyone else. And then if I had to choose between Levante David and, and Devin White, I think that Levante David should definitely be there. Oh, I yeah. mean, this guy is – he's such a leader on that team. He's not the most outspoken guy all the time, but he has his silent leadership thing that I think is very inspiring, very motivating. And you've seen him in certain games where he's just – a headhunter out there while Devin White is still trying to figure some things out. Levante David has kind of made up for some mistakes that have happened in, on the field. So I think that he's definitely the most deserving, but if he'll get it, no. And the hard part too, is that this defense has just kind of had such an inconsistent roller coaster. And as a whole, aside from the whole cornerback mm-hmm. situation as a whole, they just haven't been as loud as they were last year. So I think that it's very easy to overlook them aside from just the name game of Devin White being Devin White. And how often does his name come out of Bruce Arians' mouth and up in conversation? So I think it's just buzzing enough in terms that can sneak him in there. But I would really love to see Levante Davids take that yeah, spot. I mean, he still played so well. And actually, the All-22 video that I mentioned is coming out tonight at 730 that you'll see the Bucks run defense. You'll see how he does his job on several plays. Mm-hmm. Yet to his side of the field, there are several big runs because of other people on the field. And that's just him, him in a nutshell, I feel like. Uh, him in a nutshell over the course of the last you know, or his whole career, really. Um, um, and I just, I don't know if he's ever going to get the recognition he deserves at this point. Uh, let's jump to the secondary to close this thing out here in the final minutes. Uh, but before we do that, I got to let people know there's an opportunity for y'all to get some money in your pockets tonight with our friends over at Underdog Fantasy. Here's the deal. You can sign up for Underdog Fantasy with the promo code Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R. You can double your first deposit when you sign up today. If you're a new sign up for Underdog Fantasy, Go over there. This site is amazing. The app is amazing. The aesthetic's great. The layout, it's easy to understand. I've been on lots of betting sites or sites where you play fantasy football, things like that, that are very cluttered and hard to figure out. And Underdog Fantasy could not be more different than that. The interface is outstanding. Go over, check it out. Use that promo code Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R. Double your first deposit that you put in. My favorite thing to do, bet on player stat lines, over or under on player stat lines. You can do it for all sports, too. It's not just football. So if you're into another sport, too, and you're all about NBA like I am or whatever you're into, you know, you can get on there. You can bet on player stat lines. You can say, oh, over under, you know, one and a half rushing yards for Tom Brady this week. You know, you put your over under on it. And if you bet up enough of those, you can bet up to five of those. And if you win all five, if you hit on all five, you can win up to 20 times the amount of money that you put in. We got a ton of people sign up for Underdog Fantasy last month. The turnout was amazing. The response was amazing. Um, it's been great. So if you're thinking about doing it, just put in a couple bucks. They'll double your first deposit. You get some free money to play with. You can use that promo code Pewter. Try it out. See if you like it. I think it adds a layer of intrigue and fun to a lot of these games that happen around the, the sports world uh, each night. I love to put out a couple bucks middle of the week on some NBA stuff that goes on and adds a little bit of intrigue to them and, and fun. So check that out and uh, enjoy that and send it to your friends too. Tell them about the promo code and tell them about the opportunity to sign up if you know people that might be interested in something like that. All right, let's keep rolling here and let's talk about the last position group, the secondary. Let's just talk about as a whole. I think everybody corner, you know, Jamel Dean's honestly been awesome and he made PFF's second team all pro, Um, you know, so maybe we should talk about him more, but I don't know if any of us really think Jamel Dean's getting into the Pro Bowl, do we? He's deserving. I think he's deserving, but I think you're going to see Diggs, Ramsey, and Slagan in before 
Dean does. But I think he's definitely deserving. And I think Carlton Davis, had he not got injured, probably would have been deserving too. Dean's really grown into the into the player he's becoming. And as you posted, if anyone hasn't seen, John uh, tweet, tweeted out the way that Dean's been putting the clamps, as he calls it, on wide receivers. He definitely deserves to be there. Now, Bradley four corners back. make it, JC. Could he be a fourth? He you could. mentioned three that are, are you locks. Sure You're four? right. Diggs, Ramsey, and uh, Slayer locks. Oh, sure? unbelievable. Is it four? Years. Is it four? It, it's four. According to the roster last year, it was four because Ramsey, Jair Alexander, who's been hurt all this year, made it. Marshawn Lattimore, who's been terrible this year, made it. And James Bradbury, who's also struggled a little bit this year for the Giants, made yeah. it last year. You know, somebody can make it off name recognition, but it's going to be Bradbury. Oh man, that would it's gonna be Slay Ramsey, Bradbury, and and Diggs. It's just how it's gonna go. You could be right. Yeah. Bradbury's not been horrible, but he's not. But his name, you know, his name comes up a lot more, that's for sure. So it's gonna be Bradbury. There's gonna be a couple players who shouldn't make it. I don't think Dean should make it because the three you named JC are worthy. Now Diggs has given up more yards than any other corner in the league. The so in the run he did. Yes, but you can't give a guy with, what, he has nine picks, ten picks? You, he's got to be in. Like, it's <laughs> debate ends there. I'm not saying he's the best corner in the league. I'm not saying he's a future Hall of Famer. But for this season, you can't take a guy with that many picks. No matter how many yards he's got, he is a complete boomer bust corner. But he's he's boomed a lot enough that he should be in. Obviously, he's busted Ramsey's a lot in. enough, too, though. He's, he's busted a lot, buddy. He could have, like, the worst ever. He's the worst best player in the league. Ever. <laughs> He just happens to be in the right place at the right oh time to get those those things that count the some most. Some of that, yeah. He, he also has made some unbelievable plays. Like oh, I'm not yeah. taking away from him. Like his highs are unreal, his lows are unreal. So we'll see what happens in his career. This year he's deserving. Slay has been awesome this year. I don't think people even know how good he's been. But Dean is probably in the next conversation. But AJ Terrell from Atlanta to me has has been he's the been guy. He's the too. I would bring. I would give him the fourth nod. So respect to Dean. Let's jump to safety though. Could Winfield make this thing? What yeah. do we think? If Winfield Stacey? is not in this, we riot. We riot, she says. Yes. This is like, your riot. But Casey, you have Worfs as a riot. I have Marpet as a riot. Casey has. I'm going off if. Okay. I'm joining her. I don't get it twisted. I'm joining her. Okay. Please and right, thank What do you, you think, Casey? Ew, you said me? Yeah, what do you think? Okay, our names are so close. Yeah. yeah I, know. <laughs> I know. I, 100%. I mean, I know that. Well, I mean, in the safety conversation, but that play alone where this man at five, whatever, was able to moss a wide receiver. And even what he did last year as a rookie, if we're going to, you know, kind of throw some some previous season coins in there. But he deserves it at all costs. He plays hard. He's a very smart player out there. He makes great reads. And I cannot emphasize enough, I say it every time I have an opportunity to talk about him, he's one of the few players who plays until that whistle blows. He makes that extra effort, and that's why he makes the plays that he has made. If Winfield's not in this, I light Tampa on fire. <laughs> I'll, be wow. there with, I'll be there with the gasoline <laughs> to spread that. <laughs> I will warn my friends and family to leave, but I will be so upset because, yeah, he deserves it. He deserves it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, you look at what Diggs has done in in Seattle, and yeah, he'll, you know, he's he's a leading vote getter at free safety right now. But the way they split these up, and you get three free safeties too, so that gives him incredible odds. Uh, McKinney's been having the splash plays with the, with the five interceptions, and then you look at the you look at the field. I mean, uh, the safeties aren't like any position, you know, they're not really like name position, you know, like. Um, so, I mean, you're looking – and if you're a normal – if you're an average voter, you might scroll down. You might see, okay, Xavier Woods there. Uh, you know, look at his tackles, his sacks, his force fumbles, interceptions. Very he's maybe the ball. worst safety in the league. And Sorry, ball. I just thought and it was he's funny. Not he started good, he's but he's terrible. not – that's what I'm trying to say. He's not good. So, it's like – it's just like so frustrating because the whole fan voting portion of this really puts a, a terrible spin on it. Um, because you got people voting for for that, but if you look at the NFC, I mean, after Diggs, I don't see someone who's really deserving other than Antoine Winfield Jr. You know that that should make it over him. I think he should be the second voted in, and not even the third. Um, and, and I think the way the way some of these guys are used aren't necessarily just as free safeties. So, like, I get it's kind of like the like a Jeremy Chin, right? I mean. Mm-hmm. He's been a good player that obviously that Panthers defense is good, but he plays so many different positions other than free safety on any given play. It's like, is he a free safety? I guess so. Maybe. I don't know. But I'm, I'm, I think Winfield definitely makes it just on his play alone. I mean, he's just been a, yeah. a, a banger. 
Okay, I have some Winfield thoughts to close us out. Some people wanted any over-unders I had for tonight. Again, promo code is pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R, underdogfantasy.com, or download the Underdog Fantasy app. Over-unders I have for tonight's Steelers game. It depends when you if you can get in here and get them now. I mean, you can get an over on Pat Fryermuth, 34 and a half receiving yards. He's become more and more part of the offense. I think you smash the over on that one. I like. And then I like Kirk Cousins to have a solid game too. No Joe Hayden. I think teams have been throwing the ball well on the Steelers for the most part. Uh, so, you know, you could go 23 and a half completions for him. I think that's possible. Remember, Dalvin Cooks pl- might be playing, but he's hurt. I think over 23 and a half completions for for Cousins might be one that you look at as well too. And then, you know, Najee Harris is getting a lot of opportunity. Vikings haven't been a great run defense. You could look at his numbers as well and, and see if there's something you wanted to take the over on there. Hard to bet unders for me. I don't know. I, I don't feel it. Um, some people, there's some good questions here uh, that uh, Matt wants to know about finding orange sickle Celsius. This one might be orange sickle, might be one you have to order. Try and check on Amazon, see if it's available. It is harder to find at local stores, um, but it, it might be one you can order on Amazon. See if you can check that out, Matt. Uh, and get some if not let us slide into one of our dms on on twitter and we'll see if we can track some down for you contact our people over there about about orange sickle um, or send us an email that'll work too okay i think you guys are spot on about winfield i i don't know if i'll join you i might join you in riding what the heck i mean you only live Come once on. let's do it but you. you look at the nfc i mean even a pff grade if you're going by he's second he's first among nfc safeties and the d- distant second is Marcus Williams. I mean, from from the Saints, those should probably be your two safeties from the NFC. Um, you know, there's other players who have played well, but Winfield doesn't have these overwhelming numbers. I'm not saying he's having like a historically great season for a safety, but if you look at the competition this year, he's been the best, and he's made such a leap since that really since that Patriots game. I mean, honestly, I know he was out for a little bit after that with the concussion, but he's made such a leap since then. Splash plays, he's jumping routes. He missed those five tackles in this past game uh, against Atlanta, but he made so many great plays too. He made a bunch of great tackles. I think he was leading. I think he was leading or close to the team leading tackles in that game. He was constantly around the ball. He made some unbelievable run fills. I, I point out one of them um, in the tape that I'm showing uh, that I show you at the 7:30 release of the All 22 that comes out tonight. Um, made a lot of great plays. He deserves. He's he's been outstanding. I think he he definitely deserves to be in. He'd be the only NFC player. So for me. I would have, or sorry, the only defensive player. So for me, I would have, you know, we'll see about Shaq Barrett because JC, you bring up a good point about the position group and how they sort it out. But I would have him as the only NFC or the only defensive representative for the. So who do you but, have on? Who who's your list that you that you made? Okay, so I had Brady, Ali Marpet, Ryan Jensen, Tristan Wirfs, Leonard Fournette, and then I have Antoine Winfield. So I have six bucks making it, in my opinion, based on the competition. Again, Evans, Godwin, Gronk, they've been deserving. There happens to be four guys just obviously going nuts at wide receiver yeah. in the NFC, and there happens to be the fact that Gronk's missed a handful of games, which could complicate things too. So, again, I wish they did this at the end of the season, and then I might have different right. answers once you get five more games to evaluate people by. But, no, nah, of course not. <laughs> I was pretty balanced. I had Tom, Lenny, and Tristan, and then Shaq, Devin, and Antoine Winfield. Like oh, I said, I, I think Devin's even, going to make it. I was just saying who I thought was deserving. I, oh, Devin's yeah. Gonna make it. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, if I was going by deserving, I mean, we're putting Jensen. So you putting 15 dudes in there. Uh, this is my oh, list. Of, this is my list of the oh, right here. Gracious. Look at that. <laughs> Couple Winfield, Werfs, Brady, Smith, Jensen. I can't. Uh, uh, Shaq, Godwin. Your Patriots Marpet. list must be two pages. I mean, oh, my gosh. Is your, is your <laughs> NFC, AFC roster just Bucks versus Patriots? <laughs> it, it is pretty much. It's just I picked everyone. No. Uh, in that list. It's Matthew Slater, and that's it. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. Matthew. I love it. Great stuff. Hey, good stuff from both of you. I appreciate doing that research. I know that's hard sometimes looking at the context of all that stuff. Way to bring it to the table, bring it to the show for sure. We appreciate y'all in the chat too. I know people were engaged and pumped about this topic and I love seeing everybody's opinions and kind of the way that they process and reason through some of this stuff. If they could just take this fan group and just have them do all the voting, I think it might turn out better we might get uh, somewhere. yeah we might get somewhere for sure but yeah. uh, as it stands that's not the case so we'll keep you abreast of everything that happens obviously in the pro boys that voting gets underway and gets uh, or as the voting closes up and, and the, those start to come out obviously the who gets in and who doesn't uh, we'll have a show on that when the time comes when those rosters are released but we got bucks bills up next and we got pewter pregame pewter game day coming up on sunday gonna be fun pewter pregame starts at 3 30 on sunday we've got pewter game day at 4 25 paul atwell and i'll be with you 
throughout the entirety of the game. We're very excited about that. We'll be offering live commentary, play-by-play, reactions, analysis, all of that stuff on Peter Game Day this week. Again, pregame at 3.30, in-game at 4.25, and then the Peter Post Game podcast will be pretty shortly after that as well. So great stuff coming up here. Again, hit that thumbs up button if you're in the chat, if you're watching, and also make sure you're subscribed to Peter Report TV because that's where all the good stuff's happening right now. The content is pouring out. And at 7.30 p.m. tonight, the All-22 Bucks Run Defense tape drops 20 minutes long. You can check it out right here at Peter Report uh, YouTube channel. JC, you got final closing comment here. John, I'm just saying we got Jets Week coming out soon, and I know I know how into the draft you are. I'm pretty into it. Scott's pretty into it. That might be a perfect week to start doing an early dive on, on draft talk. What do you think? The, the week against the Jets? <laughs> Just disrespect Matt Matera completely. I know. Perfect <laughs> week to just not regard them at all. <laughs> Listen, I'm taking everybody seriously after Washington, man. Forget it. All right. <laughs> thanks so much, everybody, for listening. We'll be back again, 7.30 tonight. Check out the All-22. It drops to the Bucks run defense against the Falcons, and then we'll be back Sunday, and we'll see you all there on another edition of the Pewter Report Podcast. Out. Out.